Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you who are in your 27th week of your pregnancy. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you who are married but a week's time. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you who are grieving the loss of a brother. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you who have been diagnosed with cancer this past week. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you as you get ready for a wedding this coming weekend. You understand when one declares that, that they are bringing God's grace, God's mercy, God's peace into whatever circumstance your life currently has. Grace, mercy, and peace. Last week I spoke on the matter of vengeance. This week I speak on a matter of the conscience. And as any minister gets ready to prepare beginning on Monday... They always pray the same prayer, Lord, let there be one person out of a hundred, let there be one person out of eight hundred, that perhaps you will bring to the service who is in dire need of the particular message that is shared. Jonah, the matter of his conscience. Jonah is but four chapters in length. But the number of stories, the number of themes that one can draw from Jonah, that book should be like 50 chapters long. I zero in on this one thing. Jonah chapter 1 verse 10, the great storm has come. And the sailors said to each other, Whose God has been offended that this storm comes that will take our life? They knew that Jonah was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. They said to Jonah, it is your sin that is causing this storm. And Jonah said, indeed it is. Pick me up, throw me into the sea. It will become calm. I know that it is my sin that has brought this great storm. You sit and wonder who's going to watch over your children when they head off to school. Who's going to watch over them as they head off to high school? Who's going to watch over them as they head off to college? And you understand that the one watching over them is God himself. And I pray that your faith in him is stronger than whatever fear or worry you might have. God has chosen the students for this school. He's Chosen the teachers for any particular student. And as you wonder how God is going to watch over them, there is one mechanism that he has given every human being ever born onto this earth, Jew or Gentile, as the Bible says, believer or non-believer, as the Bible says, he has given one mechanism, one instrument that goes with your son and daughter, your spouse, your friend, goes with all of us. And that one instrument uh, is the conscience. I spoke some 14, 15 years ago a series of sermons on 
God shakes things up. And with this divine instrument that he has placed within us called the conscience, he uses that many times over to shake up the life of a Christian whose beeper, whose conscience has gone off. And yet that Christian says, I know what God's will is, but my will is the will that I will follow with regards to this circumstance. Solomon calls the conscience the lamp of God taken out of heaven and placed into the heart, the mind, and the soul of a human being. There is a surgery that is necessary for that conscience to be implanted. That surgery is done by the Holy Spirit of God. The conscience is the beeper that goes off. It's the alarm that goes off when an intruder is coming into your soul and into your life. And all of a sudden this conscience uh, sounds loudly and says, an intruder is in your house. And that intruder can cause great danger. Pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. The conscience is the forklift truck in the factory. That when you hear that beeper go off on that forklift truck, you stop what you're doing and you look around and you pay attention because danger might come. The conscience is God's wisdom for the life of his child. The conscience is God's power in the life of his child. And the conscience is God's love in the life of his child. When our will is in conflict with God's will, when our will or our path is in discord with God's path, that beeper goes off. God says, once you walk this path and you look him in the face like Jonah did, and you look him in the face like King David did, and you look him in the face like Simon Peter did, and you look him in the face like the prodigal son did, like Abraham did, the list is exceedingly long. You look him in the face and you say, God, I know what your will is, but I, David, are going to go this direction. I, Abraham, are going to go this direction. I, the prodigal son, are going to go this direction. I, Paul Strand, are going to go this direction. Jesus is the only one who said, God, I wish you would change your mind. I wish you would change your will. I don't want to die on that cross. I'm sweating drops of blood here, God. I don't want to die on the cross. Not my will, however, not my will, but thine be done. Jonah comes to God and he says, I know what your will is. You want me to go to Nineveh. But it's not going to be your will that's done. It's going to be my will. It's going to be Jonah's will. Jesus is the only one, Hebrews 5, 8, he is the only one who could ever say to his heavenly father, not my will, but thine be done. When you're hooked up to an IV in the hospital and you're getting your fluids through that IV or you're getting your chemo through that IV, 
When the bag is empty, what happens? That infernal beeping goes off. That can be heard all the way down the hallway. It's the call to the nurse to come and change that bag, to put a new bag on, so that your health can continue to be restored. As long as that beeper is going off, your health is not being restored. You're not getting the chemo or the nutrients or anything else. When the nurse comes and puts a new bag on, the beeper goes off. And your health can once again be restored to you. When your conscience is speaking, your conscience, power, love, wisdom of God within your heart is saying to you, your health is in jeopardy. Your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, and certainly your spiritual health, they are in jeopardy. Listen to the voice of the lamp of God placed within you. The conscience goes off and it says, enormous negative energy is going on in your life. If you take the next step here, enormous negative energy is going to enter your life. And if you've already taken that step and fallen into evil, then enormous negative energy is already going on in your life. Negative energy is so powerful that it does affect the mental realm, the emotional realm, the spiritual realm, and the physical realm. A conscience sinned against can paralyze certain portions of your life. I didn't say your body, I said your life. When you hurt your back, your range of motion is limited. And if you ask the doctor about it, he'll say, your body actually shuts down that area of your back that needs to heal. And when that area of your back has received healing, three or four days later if you're lucky, then you have that range of motion again because that portion of your body is healed. When the conscience is affected, when it's rubbed wrong, when it's injured, when it's sinned against, when you ask your mind, your soul, and your body, your hands and your feet to do something that is outside the moral range of activity that God has programmed in you, parts of you become paralyzed. Parts of your life become paralyzed. You can still move around. You can still drive the car. You can still play golf. You can turn on TV. You can fix lunch for your kids. And if you're a high school student or a college student and your conscience has been sinned against, you can still get on the school bus, you can still study, you can still do your homework, you can still swim laps in the pool, you can play chess, nothing changes. But inside of you, inside of you, there is a trauma going on. I need not tell you that when the conscience is sinned against, your ability to focus is compromised. Someone is having a conversation with you and you're not there and they say, what's going on here? You didn't say, I have a, hear a word that I said. 
You do not tell them what is going on in your life. But your conscience has paralyzed that part of you. When you've sinned against your conscience, your ability to sleep is compromised. Your ability to experience joy is greatly compromised. King David, Psalm 51, he said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. The sin against Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah, and Nathan coming to him and him confessing his sin, and God saying, You shall not die, David, you confessed your sin. Before the confession... Restore to me the joy of my salvation. And when the conscience is affected, not so pleasant aspects of your personality come forth. There is an anger that is not normally there. There is a tension not normally there. You are picking fights with folks, which is not your normal character. You're letting the littlest things set you off. You're turning mountains into molehills. Because the conscience affects the mind, the heart, the soul, everything in you. That's why God placed it there. So that when Satan comes your way, the conscience is saying to you, the IV bag is empty. The forklift truck is coming. Stand firm. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Two weeks ago on a Monday night, I received a phone call and it went over to the house and for the next three hours was with this man and his wife. I'm very, 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 very close to this man. And I had noticed over the last nine months, over the last year, that he had changed. That he had changed drastically. The happy, outgoing individual that he was, no longer there. I didn't know whether it was finances, I didn't know whether it was health. I would prod a little bit, but he wouldn't say too much. And then the phone call came in three hours at that place. Something had been discovered. Something that could utterly destroy his life, his wife's life, and his children's life. It had been discovered. And there were many, many tears, many, many tears on his part. Many, many tears on his wife's part. He said to me over and over again as we talked privately, said over and over again, my conscience, my conscience, my conscience, my conscience, every single day. And I did not listen to it. I'll say that his name is George. I said, George... I knew something was wrong. Haven't seen you smile in months. Haven't seen you laugh in months. A furrow over your brow all the time. Your body language. I knew something was wrong. And I said, now I know. Now I know. When your conscience is disturbed, 
it can destroy your life. I saw a miracle happen. I did not think it was possible. I did not think it was possible. I saw a wife forgive. I saw a husband make admissions of his need for help. I saw things that I didn't think possible. I had a prayer with them both as I left, and I said, God, Satan has come to destroy this man, his wife, and his family, and his children. He's come to destroy. Lord, provide some miracle. Save this man, his family, his children, his wife. And over the next two or three days, I would get texts from his wife and from him. And she would say, marvelous things. Never been closer. Glad now this has been discovered. And I thought to myself, my faith not being all that strong is such a powerful thing. I said, after two or three days, it's gonna, the reality of this is going to hit her smack in the face. And then it's going to change. It's been ten days later. And I see a smile on his face as genuine as the sun shining in the sky today. And I see a smile on her face as genuine as the sun shining today. This miracle is incredible. And I told, I'm calling him George, I told George, you confess this sin to God And as far as east is from the west, he'll remove it. It will be as if it never was. And you confess this sin to God and you have peace in your conscience. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. He said to me yesterday, Most have to pay great penalties for what I've done. He said, this miracle of my wife and my children standing by my side. He said, I've never felt God so real. I've never believed so heavily that he's real. The conscience. We all know its power. We all know its purpose. It is to save us from harm. It is to bring us close to him and keep us close to him. Jonah heard God loud and clear. God said to Jonah, you're a pastor at this church right here. I want you to go 500 miles to the east. I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to go to the capital of the Syrian Empire. Jonah said, God, you're out of your mind. They're the most brutal empire that's ever existed compared to Nazi Germany by many a theologian. They would invade villages, they would kill every male in the village, and they would take the females and the children, and I won't describe what they did to them. Many a theologian believed that in Jonah's past, the Assyrians had come and destroyed his family. He said, God shall not go. God said, I love them as much as I love you. Jonah said, someone else, God, I ain't going. When your conscience is disturbed, you can do alcohol, you can do drugs, you can enter into affairs, you can take long vacations, you can do any number of things to try and silence that conscience. doesn't work. 
had a gentleman six months ago who had been in a particular sin for 12 years. And he came into my office and he sat down. He showed me a text that he had sent to the lady and he said, I cannot live with this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. My conscience is destroying me. He showed me the text. He pushed send. It went to that direction. He comes in here. He lays down on this altar right there, and he prays to God for forgiveness, for strength, for healing. Jonah said, I'm not going to go. He's on that boat, great storm. He had already told the people there, I'm running away from God. He said, I have sinned. Throw me overboard. I don't want you to have your families destroyed. I don't want your wives to become widows and your children without father. Throw me overboard. And this storm will stop. The whale swallows him. In the belly of the whale, God comes and speaks to him. And Jonah said, There's no peace unless I am following your will. He goes to Nineveh when he's showing up on the shore. He goes to Nineveh and preaches there. And the Bible tells us the population of that city, 120,000 believed his word. For me, George, his wife, and his two children, they are equally as important to me as 120,000 in Nineveh. He was discovered by the grace of God. The worst moment in his life became his greatest moment. He was discovered by the grace of God. And now the conscience is at peace. Forgiveness has been given. And his joy has been restored. The conscience, the lamp of God placed in the heart of man. In our Savior's name, amen. Friends, would you rise as we pray? Who would have ever thought, Lord, that you would give us hands and feet and fingers and toes and eyes and ears and nose, each with their purpose? But who would ever think that since we can't take the Word of God with us everywhere, since we can't carry the Bible with us 18 hours out of the 24 we're awake, unless we have verses memorized, who would have thought that you would devise a means whereby this instrument, the conscience, can be surgically placed into a human being by the Holy Spirit of God, and that would be God with us. That would be the beeper that says, Satan is coming, the forklift is coming, the bag is empty. Stay close to me. God, I understand that no temptation has overtaken man except what is common to man. God is faithful and just. He'll not allow us to be tempted above that we're able. But will with that temptation, by means of the conscience, make a way of escape so that we can bear it. Keep us close to you, Lord. And if the conscience speaks, let us listen. And if it has been speaking for 15 or 20 years, let us finally hear it and have peace with you 
and peace within ourselves. Such things we ask in his name. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.